Welcome to the Glory Mountain Church Podcast. For more information on our church and ways to support what God is doing here, visit glorymountain.com. You know, this past month, we've been talking about being stronger together. That's been the theme of this month, as we've talked about marriage and relationships. And we're so grateful for what God is doing and what God is going to do. You know, I just want to let you know also that, you know, Deborah and I, we have a heart for marriages and relationships. We really do. And we love speaking into the hearts of people. And, you know, even Kevin and Jessica this morning that we prayed over, you know, just seeing their marriage once again get refueled and reignited and seeing God do great things. So we have such a heart for marriages and families. And I just want to let you know that Deborah and I, uh, this week, produced our first podcast. And so we are going to be releasing that podcast the 1st of March to you as a congregation. And so when you get that in the mail, I want you just to take some time to listen to it. We did it in a fairly professional, yet very family-oriented way. And it's just Deborah and I talking about marriage for 30 minutes. And so we want you to uh, take heed. So when you get an email that says, First podcast, Conversations with Mark and Deborah. I want you to listen to it. And I believe it's going to really, really help you. And if you know couples that are having some difficult times in marriage, pass that on to them. It's a very casual, non-threatening, yet powerful, I believe, 30 minutes of discussion with Deborah and I about how to strengthen your marriage and how to build a lasting love in each other's lives. We're going to be producing this at least once a month, maybe twice a month, but I want you to pray for that and pray it will have a great effect. If you don't know, Deborah and I have a website that's called strongertogetherministries.org, and if you want to go to that, it'll give you a good flavor of what we're doing to reach into people's lives. We've had opportunities to speak in different areas and in different situations and a few conferences uh, this past year. And we're just believing God to open some more doors in regards to that. So I want you just to pray for us as we embark upon this journey. And like I said, if you would like some more information about that, just go to strongertogetherministries.org and just see kind of what God is doing in this realm. And we're going to be posting different things on there from time to time. But we believe God wants to strengthen marriages. How about you? So thank you for your prayers. And speaking of marriages, this morning, we're going to talk on the topic of being stronger together. And what exactly that means. The specific topic this morning that I want to share with you is this. Let's get healthy and become stronger together. Let's get healthy. You know, having healthy relationships takes work. And if you think that once you go and walk down the aisle with your bride and you say, I do, and you think that that settles everything for the rest of your life, I've got some news for you. That's not the end all be all. It is the beginning of a life of relationship and a life of commitment. You know, I've done hundreds of weddings throughout my 40 years of ministry. And many of those couples are still together. Unfortunately, some of those couples are not. Some of them have gone their own ways. They've split up due to circumstances in life. 
some irreconcilable differences, they say. Maybe some adultery has been involved in the marriage. But you know, I believe God gives hope and God gives second chances. I want you to know that there is no shortcut to a healthy marriage. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. If you're here this morning and you're not married, this message probably is more important to you than it is married couples because it will give you an advance understanding on how to go about entering into a relationship. If you're married, it's of course equally and vitally as important. Because I believe God wants us to have healthy families in every way. You know, down through the years of my life, down through the years of our lives, we've seen some amazing things take place in the generations. I remember as a teenager, I was involved in a very dynamic, very powerful church. We had a huge youth group. We would have literally worldwide well-known speakers come on a monthly basis and speak into the life of that youth group. Our church was a very dynamic, ongoing church. It was right at the outset of the Jesus movement that God began to really move in the hearts and lives of people. I remember when the Jesus movement started back in the day, and maybe you've read about it, maybe you've heard about it, but it was a very dynamic move really across the state, around this nation, and literally affected the world. That's where Chuck Smith in Calvary Chapel was birthed. I remember going to the tent in Santa Ana when the Jesus movement was just breaking out. And I remember I would go, our youth group would go and become a part. There was a group called Love Song. And Love Song was birthed out of this movement, a very famous, well-known musical group that literally traveled the world in our youth choir of 120 voices got to travel with them in Hawaii and different parts of the state. And I remember in our services on Sunday, the power of God would come down in such dynamic ways. I remember seeing on Sunday nights, God move in dynamic ways. Our 120 voice youth choir would begin singing. We'd march down the aisles. We would literally cross in the middle front and then go into the choir loft and 120 voices of which I am a part of. And we have an album that we produced during that day. Maybe sometime I'll play you a clip of that album. But I remember that youth choir would start singing and the glory of God would come down. The church was jam-packed with six, 700 people. We literally renovated that church two or three times to accommodate the people that were coming in during this Jesus movement. Our church literally had the first Christian coffee house in the nation. It was called the Agape Inn. On Friday nights, we'd have artists come from all over the state and sing. Very casual atmosphere, shag carpet, red lights, beads that was the entrance into the Agape Inn. 
We would serve food. Hippies would come in, they'd sit and they'd listen and they would just move and they'd groove and they would just be in the flow. God would touch their life. They'd come on Sunday and God would literally blast them with the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember many times over, too many times to count, even here in the next half hour, that I would see young men and women walk into that church stoned to the hilt on LSD, marijuana, crystal, meth. They would walk into those services. They'd have tank tops on, long, bushy, stinky hair, armpit smells, shorts, V-necks, tank tops, They'd sit next to people in nice three-piece suits. And they'd see this youth choir sing and the glory of God would come down. And they'd be stoned out of their head. And they'd be sitting there just, amen, hallelujah. And they'd feel something in the spirit. They'd give the peace signs and they'd move and go with the flow. And all of a sudden, God would touch them. They would stand to their feet. They'd run down the altar. They'd fall on their face before God. They would say, God, save me. And they would instantly become free of drugs, alcohol, and every other kind of addiction that they had, they would be instantly set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, raising their hands, praising God, saying, man, what just happened to me? (laughs) And they'd end up in that youth choir singing the glories of God and seeing the same thing happen Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And many of those people today are all over the world in full-time ministry, youth with a mission, involved in ministries independently all around the world, literally today, changing lives. Saw it happen Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I would go to Santa Barbara with my youth group and we would go down the streets, Haight-Ashbury they called it. And that was like the capital, hippie capital of the world. And we'd walk down the streets and we would just say, hey man, Jesus loves you. And they'd say, oh yeah, really? And they'd be in stone and we'd lay our hands on them and we would see them set free and saved and sanctified and become filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a generational movement that took place. And you know what I say about this? I say, God, do it again. Do it again. Those men and women are married today, families serving God. And it was a process in their lives. There's no shortcut to wholeness, but I do want to say, however, when you get a dose of the Holy Ghost, everything changes in your life. Do I hear a yes on that? Come on. It changes lives. And this is the kind of environment I grew up in day after day, Sunday after Sunday, all of my teenage years. I would encourage you this morning, if you're looking to marriage, get yourself healthy first. 
And if you are married and you're still feeling unhealthy, go through a process of restoration and get solid and committed like you've never been before and work out the kinks. Our childhood experiences do not equip us for life. They just assist. And in order to achieve wholeness and wellness, there's something we must understand. There's a man by the name of Dr. Les Perot. He's a professor in, of psychology at Northwest University. And he has a statement I want to put on the screen for you. It's very powerful. And here's what he says. If you try to build intimacy with another person before you have gotten whole on your own, all of your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. What are you doing to see yourself come alive and become powerful and committed in your day-to-day -day relationships and with your spouse? Dr. Les Pro gives several points of advice, some of which this morning I'm going to be giving to you, mixed in with some of my personal feelings, my personal truths. But there's something that you must understand about you in order to be healthy. And it's this point. You are of profound significance. You need to feel this significance in life. Amen. God loves you unconditionally yes. and will always love you unconditionally. Many people go through this world and they don't realize their significance in life. They don't realize the importance of why God put them on this planet. If you're going to understand that you're significant, you need to understand that God loves you. God's grace is upon you. And you need to stay tuned to God and yourself 24 7. I want to ask you a question this morning. If we do understand and believe that we are of significance, there is a good indication of whether or not you really believe that. And I ask you a question this morning. What is your self-talk? Yes. What do you think about when your mouth isn't moving? When you find yourself in the deepest of situations, in the greatest need in the most troublesome times, in the most adverse circumstances, what goes on in your brain and your mind and your heart? What is your self-talk? What are you saying about yourself? Man, life is such a bummer. I'm never going to make it. I don't know if this will ever turn out. I don't know if I'll ever change. I'm stupid. I can't believe I'm doing this. 
And all of a sudden, the self-talk begins to bring in imaginations that are not from the Lord. They're from the pit of hell. And you find yourself having conversation with yourself and you're not even speaking. But you start degrading, demoralizing, and de-emphasizing the importance of your significance. That is the litmus test for you. What is your self-talk? There's two buckets concerning self-talk. There is the self-talk of positive, spirit-filled, intelligent thinking in the spirit. And then there's the bucket of negative, uninfluential, disgusting talk. Like what bucket is your self-talk in? Only you know that. I can't open up your mind and figure that out. You know what your self-talk is. You know what you're thinking when you feel like life is at its worst. You know what you're thinking when life is at its best. You know whether you have a manipulative spirit or whether you have a submissive spirit to the will and ways and power of God and the Holy Spirit. You know that. I don't. What's your self-talk when you're in a heated discussion with your spouse? What are those things that you're thinking that he or she isn't hearing about them? That is an indicator of how powerful of a relationship you have. And it also is an indicator of what is being spoken over your marriage and over your relationship. We have to come to grips with this. In most cases, it's a fact that 78% of self-talk is negative. Way out where you're at. In the situation you are in right now. Wait out. Wait out. Where are you in your self-talk? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19 is a powerful place in the scripture. Paul the apostle is talking and he's talking about relationships and here's what he says from the message version. My response is to get down on my knees before the father, this magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. This is the significant you. You have within you a glorious inner strength. Would you say that? I have a glorious inner strength. Say it. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that he will both And you will have both feet planted firmly on love. You'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love and that you will reach out and experience this breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. 
live full lives, full in the fullness of God. This is what makes you significant. This is what makes you powerful. This is what makes you influential in life. Do I hear an amen on that? Come on, that's a good time to say yes. When you get that significance in you, you then become one of the most powerful people on the planet. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You know where you've come from. And you know what God's going to do in your life in the days ahead. You are of great significance. Profound significance. Would you say that? I am of profound significance. Say it. Number two, you have to have unswerving authenticity. Listen to this, unswerving authenticity. We must be true to our God-given passions and calling, no matter what others may think of these things. We have to be true to ourselves. I think one of the greatest pitfalls and the greatest difficulties man can have is trying to become some like someone else. You know, they're very successful, so I'm going to be like them. Now, yes, Paul said, look, follow me as I have followed Christ. But he said, as I have followed Christ, follow me because I have in me the very things that will make you successful, not because of me, but because of Christ. I am an authentic Italian man. Of God. Don't you dare try to be like me. I asked someone this morning, how you doing? They said, I'm doing okay. Doing great. They said, just trying to be like you and Deborah in your marriage. Well, that's a good thing. Because I believe we have a strong marriage. And I appreciate the comment. But you can't be like us. We're us. We're unique. You know, we have our own personalities, our own giftings. I believe this morning that as you follow Christ, you can have the character and you can have the qualities that we have because we have followed Christ. But don't you think it's been a bed of roses down through the years? We've had our difficulties, but we've always put God first and we've always worked our difficulties out. And I'm more in love with Deborah today than I have ever been in love with her. I will be me. Some people like it, some people maybe don't. If you don't, then you know you go find a style you like. But I'm gonna be my authentic me. I'm gonna be true to myself. Most, most people desire to please, right? You want to please your spouse. You want to please your friends. You want to believe and please those people around you, your boss, former, you know, your former and your current employees. Like, if I do this, I'll be better. You know, if I accomplish this, I'll be better. If I go on this path, I'll be better. You know, what path is God calling you to? What authenticity is God calling you to? What purpose, what passion does God have for you? Why am I here? Figure it out. These are questions that will lead to health and wholeness in your life. 
You know, ask God to reveal his plan to you, his purpose. You know, I remember as a teenager during this era I talked to you about just a few minutes ago, I remember that I would literally stand in the entrance of our house. My parents had this big gold leaf mirror in the entryway of their house. We didn't have a big house, maybe 1,800 square feet, you know, just a normal family house. But my mom, she loved gold leaf, and it's beautiful. And, you know, to this day, I like that. And I remember she had this big mirror standing up. It was like six feet tall in the entryway with the table. And when my parents were gone and I was all by myself, I would stand in front of that mirror. And here's what I would do. I would prophesy to myself. And I would say, Mark, you're going to be significant in life. Mark, you're going to be powerful in life. Mark, you're going to find a good wife. Mark, you're going to have a good family. Mark, you're going to be influential. Mark, you will be financially stable. Mark, God is going to bless you. Mark, you will find God's will in your life every single day. I would prophesy to myself and stand there and I would recognize my significance. Never did I stand in front of that mirror and say, you're a failure. You're, you're going to be powerless in life. You're never going to have enough money. Never did I say that. I was always filled with hope from day one that I can remember in my life. And maybe that's why I like speaking hope into people's lives today. I've seen people give it up because they realize they think they're not significant. It seems today we are seeing an onslaught of suicides. Have you noticed that? Famous people are just calling it quits. When you think they've got everything, why? Because down deep inside, they think there's no value. Just on the outside, are they, are they successful? Before you were created, God had a plan for your life. Before you were created, I'll prove it to you. Psalms 139, verse 16. It says, your eyes saw me unformed. Yet in your book, all my days were written before any of them came into being. Listen, if God writes the book, you know you're going to be happy. And then you will die like David did in Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers. <laughs> yeah. Can I invite you to see yourself in the bigger story, in the greater story? See yourself in the long run? Whatever's been prophesied over you, you'll catch up with it. Don't worry. There's prophecies that were spoken to me 20 years ago that still haven't come to fruition. But there are prophecies spoken over 20 years ago that have come to fruition in my life. Do I give up? No, I hang on and believe God that yes, there's more for me. There's always more for me. 
Ephesians chapter four, verses one and two from the Message Bible. In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. Paul says, because he was locked up in jail, while I am locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Realize your significance and realize you're powerful because you're giving yourself fully into the hands of the Lord. And I close with this thirdly. It takes to have a healthy relationship in marriage and family. It takes a self-giving love. We live for our spouse, we live for our children, and we live for the body of Christ. We have to primarily get past the thinking that I'm in it for me. I'm not in it for me. I'm in it for you. I'm in it for others. I'm in it to see others blessed. The number one goal of any adolescent psychologist will tell you, who am I and why am I here? They're trying to figure that out through the 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 years of age. God has put you here to assist others and help them. We sang it this morning. I open up my heart now, right now. I'm in it to serve my family. I'm in it to serve my wife. I'm in it to give my all to her all the days of my life. My all. There's a word in the Greek and Hebrew. It's called sumthinki. And it says, everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine. I am in it for you mostly, 100%. It's my covenant call to you. I'm in it to make sure you're well taken care of and you are thriving. I'm not in it for me. And the key is when I realize I'm here to give myself sacrificing love to her, for some strange reason, everything works out for me and I'm not even asking it to. And here's what I suggest to you. If you find yourself in need, if you find yourself in any kind of trouble, if you find yourself in any kind of situation that's deplorable and all of a sudden you're wondering what's going on, get out and serve somebody because as you do that, you will see healing come to you. It's not all about, come on, we want all of you to serve this church. We need you. We need you to serve in the nursery. We need you to serve on the worship team. We need you to serve on the setup team. Please, please, please come serve, 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 serve. Please, please, please. No. Why in the world do we ask you to do something or encourage you to do something? It's because as you do this, something happens to you. I will go beyond my boundaries. I will assist others in their needs and I will serve them. And for some magnificent reason, God serves me. These three truths, 
will change your life. And on the third one, here's what Ephesians 4, 3 says. Pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. How do you mend a fence? Well, you get out the hammer, you get out the nails, you get the wood, and you rebuild. That's all it takes. These three things. Realizing of your profound significance. Realizing your unswerving authenticity. And realizing that you are called to have a self-giving love will cause health to come into your life, peace to come into your spirit, and a healthy relationship will be yours all the days of your life. I prophesy over you this morning that there's not a devil in hell that can take away what God's put in you. I prophesy to you this morning and tell you the spiritual truth and fact that the devil has no power over you. His power was removed 2,000 years ago. And the only reason why he's coming after you is because you've got his job. You're a worshiper. And he doesn't want you to worship God because that's what took him down. When you worship God and you realize who you are, you will have the most healthy relationship ever. You will become a powerful person. You will be a covenant-keeping man or woman, and you will be one of the most powerful people on this planet, and you will make a difference because this is what the Word says, this is what I believe, and that settles it. And there is no other way to go. Go ahead, put it to the test. Put it to the test. God's word will always stand. His timeless truths will always make a difference in you. And I prophesy to you, if you keep his word, you will have a thriving, successful, powerful life. And don't you forget it. Do I hear an amen? Because you're worthy. Stand to your feet this morning. And as your coach today, I want you to just lift up your hands and thank him for who you are and who he is. Just go ahead, do that right now. You are of mighty significance. No matter what age you are, no matter what situation you find yourself, God, you're worthy. You are so worthy. I give my life to you. I give my all to you, Jesus. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Because of who you are and who you've made me to be, I'm going all in. I'm not going to let up. Going all in. And I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Because of who you are. Because of who you are.
God, you're going to do it again. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, lift up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Come into my life once again. And I declare the fire of God over you today to ignite and reignite those things that are yours. Don't you ever lose them and don't you ever forget them. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a vital part of what God is doing in His people. We hope that this message impacted you and that you were blessed. We would love to connect with you about this message and what God is doing in your heart. You can email us at info at glorymountain.com or visit our website, glorymountain.com. You can also give online to support what God is doing at Glory Mountain. Have a blessed week.